What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. Appreciate the love and support. This podcast is available on all platforms, so wherever you get your uh, podcast from, whether that's Google, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we're there. Just go ahead and type in S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also find us on the Twitterverse at Sports Business. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also email the show at sportsbusiness dot at sports uh, sports at gmail uh, at gmail.com. Ooh, that was a lot to say. Anyways, today is Friday. We are coming off the heels of a golden dynasty. Before we're gonna talk about that, we're also gonna talk about you know why I'm really actually happy that they they meaning the Golden State Warriors. If they were to be the team, it was the Boston Celtics. Like why I just love that. We're gonna talk about that. We're also gonna talk about. The Kobe Bryant pedigree is not really living up to who they really say they are. We'll, talk, we'll go take a little deeper dive into that. Then we're also going to go into the dummy of the day as well. Kind of disappointed because it does have a little bit of roots of my area of where I'm from. But before that, thought I would share a weird, quirky story. So I'm at the barbershop today. I'm getting a cut and I'm sitting in the chair. And my barber goes, yo, did you hear about Uganda? And I was like, huh? You know, we got inflation going up. We got a recession coming down. We got the Golden State Warriors coming off of the heels of the champion. You talking about Uganda like, huh? So I said, okay, you know, what's up about them? He goes, they're sitting on top of a gold mine. And I said, a gold mine? What are you talking about? So he goes on and tells me about how apparently, I believe it was last week, um, some Belgian businessman was able to find, it um, sounds about, they, they're roughing anywhere. They used a drone. They flew over this remote area of Uganda, and it looks like they were able to find about 31 million metric tons of gold sitting there. So I got the thing. I was like, well, dang, 31 million, 31 million metric tons is about six point some billion pounds of gold that they found. So I said, dang, that sounds like some Wakanda stuff right there. If you got 31 million metric tons of gold, and so... I, I looked into it and it looks like it, they they it, it's roughly around that. They don't know how much of it is in there. But I was like, man, if the rest of the world, which I'm pretty sure at this this point is found out, Uganda about to be sitting there looking either at a civil war or a whole bunch of people about to go and invade them with all that kind of good money going around. But I thought that was an interesting story that, you know, with everything going on right now, that nobody's really talking about this because I'm pretty sure some type of uh, Anglo-European descent um, person is probably going to go ahead and uh, poke and pry around where they can find this large amounts of gold. But man, I don't need all that gold. I just need a brick. Like, let me get a brick and I'm Gucci, baby. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting story. So uh, email the show, man. Would you would you roll out to Uganda and start panning for gold? Because panning for gold, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't easy. And it ain't, it ain't a lot. But if you're talking about you got 31 million metric tons, that's enough for everybody. So email the show. And let me know if you're going to go out to Uganda and start panning for gold. With that being said, man, we are coming to, man, you talk about me being happy. This got to be like one of the greatest weeks of my life. And if you follow me on social media, uh, TB, uh, to be continued, and you'll see why eventually, very, very soon. But based off of that, um, 
the Golden State Warriors have pretty much done something that I can't think of for the time I've been alive that I've ever seen before. Um, I, I thought about different dynasties. I thought about the Lakers in the 80s when they were able to rip off five. Um, and then even with them transitioning with Kareem retiring and Magic Johnson kind of taking the forefront of that team, they were still able to make it to the finals. But that was a very interesting uh I, uh, ID of that team. The, the, the identity of that team was very, very unique when Kareem, when Cap took that retirement, I believe it was in either an 88 or 89. It was a very, very interesting change of the guard, I should say. Um, then I also thought about the, 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 the Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls rip off three. Michael Jordan takes a hiatus for about two years. They come, the Houston Rockets run, they win two in a row. And then Michael Jordan makes his comeback, they rip off another three. And then he re officially retires. And then it's kind of like this weird, I think it was two two years. It was like a two-year stage where it was kind of a, we don't know what the NBA is going to look like. Then Kobe and Shaq come in. They're only able to rip off three in a row. They break up that team. And then you have like this mud butt kind of weird, the San Antonio Spurs, are they a dynasty? We, we, know, we don't know how to categorize San Antonio because they were never... Not only did they not ever go back-to-back, -back, they didn't go to the finals back-to-back -back until the 2010 era when they played LeBron. And even then, they only won one and lost one. So you got that. Then you got the Kobe and Paul Gasol Lakers. They go to, I believe, two or three in a row. They go to three in a row, I believe. Win two, lose against Boston. And I'll tell you right now. Ooh, I can't wait to get into the city of Boston in a few minutes, but... You get that, and then now you got the Golden State Warriors where they were able to go to five straight finals. KD blows out his Achilles. He dipsets and goes to Brooklyn for what he thought was greater pastures. Klay Thompson is practically out for two and a half years with a torn Achilles and a torn ACL, which are probably the two worst injuries in the game in the sports period. Steph Curry breaks his hand, I believe, in like the fifth game of the season, so he's out for the whole entire year. So you got basically all in you got the basically all of 2020. That's a wash. Um, Steve Kerr and Draymond Green are trying to do the best that they can. It ain't looking good for them. Having the pandemic that year was probably a lesson in disguise for them because I think they only played 65 games. The red that the rest of that wouldn't have been just ugly. And who knows? Maybe what Steph would have came back or whatever, but it just wouldn't look good. So then you get the 2021 season. Um, they they're they're starting to come back. They they get into the play in play in tournament. They should have won. They lose to Memphis. They lose to the Lakers. Now they're bounced out of the playoffs. And then this year, here they are, back at the top again. It's a lot of a lot of to unpack right there. The reason why, and this isn't me just being an avid Golden State Warrior fan, because if anybody would have known, um, I thought that this would get this series. I thought was legitimately going seven games, and I thought. It could have gone either way if it was a game seven. I didn't think it was going to go six. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I was kind of shocked that they handled their business like the way they did. Being, handled their business in Boston based off of this playoffs, this playoff run alone. They couldn't close it out against um, I don't know, Denver. They couldn't close it out against Memphis. And they couldn't close it out against Dallas when they all had chances to win. Nevertheless, so I was like, eh, you know, they'll probably go seven. This story of the Golden State Warriors is just so unique. 2015, they come out and they essentially come out of nowhere. It was really between them and 
uh, you had Atlanta that was ripping off a lot of games, but that was LeBron James's first season coming back to Cleveland. So everyone kind of just assumed that LeBron and I believe that was Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love comes down there that they were just going to take over the league, handed a business, and they was going to win the chip. Nobody really saw this Golden State Warrior team being the best team in the, the whole entire league that all year long for them to be able to do that. That was pre-KD. They go to two finals, win one, lose one, pre-KD. Then they get KD. They go to three straight finals. And who knows what would happen if Clay and KD don't get hurt. Ain't no telling if they would, they, they should have beat Toronto. And then you get these, these two bad years, and then now here they are. And, I'm, and so the story is, you win before KD, who is arguably, some people got him in like the top 12, top 10 players of all time. You win before him. You win during with him. You win two with him. And now you've won one when this is basically an eight-year run. And you've won one afterwards. That's just insane, man. That is just insane to the membrane. Like, you ain't going to see nothing like that ever again. Um, Steph Curry finally got to crown his finals MVP. As much as I love Iguodala, I feel like Iguodala could have, you know, Steph could have won that MVP the first time around. But I feel it. But he finally got to get that. My man is building a nice little resume. The man has built a legit top 10 player of all time resume. Now, who are you going to bump off? That's for y'all to decide. But if you look at what he's done, being able to go to five straight finals, going to find and then winning three out of those and then being able to go to what? Six finals in eight years and winning four. In the span of, I believe he's been in the league for either 13 or 14 years. That ain't a bad look at all. That's not a bad resume. Um, if you look at his resume alone this year, he got the All-Star Game MVP, gets another uh, championship, and then finally gets his finals MVP. My man's resume is cold-blooded. It is cold. Now you're talking about he got the same amount of rings as one LeBron James. You know, and, 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 and as far as greatest point guards of all time, I got I got Irv I got Irvin Magic Johnson number one. It's hard to sit there and say that you can't put Steph Curry as your number two greatest of all time point guards. You know, people always want to say, well, what about John Stockton? You know, he has an assist record that's probably never going to get broken. Be that as it may, um, you know, he he was a great player, but I don't have him in my top five. I think longevity just is just one of those things where he played eighty games. I think his whole entire career except for two. And, and, and he he didn't take days off, so I mean he's an Iron Man. No shade to him, but don't nobody. What did, he doesn't have any rings. Um, he's got a gold medal, but that's about it. Same thing with Carl Malone. Carl Malone is number two in scoring. Who has Carl Malone in the top five power forwards of all time? Nobody, bro. Nobody. So don't for the people that always are, that are dissecting numbers and saying, yeah, well. You know, LeBron James is going to be number one in scoring next year. Yeah, that's cool. But he's been in the league, what, going into year either 18 or I think 18, 19 or 20 next year. My man has had a good longevity career. But at the end of the day, you going to sit there and put Kareem's resume over LeBron's resume. That's 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 arguably cool. But for people to be like, well, what about Carmelo? You know, Carmelo had a steady career. And if you're just playing steady ball and you're just staying at the same level over and over and over for that long of a time, you're going to get there to the top. You're, you're going to be up there. So miss me with all these numbers and whatnot and start looking at these resumes. Um, and that's the way I see it. Um, can they? Can the Warriors rip it off again next year and run it back? That's a very, very good question, ladies and gentlemen. 
they got a lot of questions that they got to answer as far as salary caps goes. I believe Otto Porter Jr., um, who I've been saying that that's Wilt Chamberlain's grandson. You got Andre Iguodala, who I would assume is going to retire this year. I don't see it. He ain't about to be no Udonis Haslam just wearing a uniform and not doing nothing. I can't see him being a, a Udonis Haslam for the Golden State Warriors. So I would assume he's going to come off the books. Um, Kevon Looney is going to be a very, very interesting um, situation we got going on there because all of a sudden he looked like he was Dennis Rodman this, uh, this playoff run. He had a game where he ripped off, I think, 21, 22 rebounds. He had another game where he ripped off, I think, 13 or 14 rebounds in the NBA Finals. The And he's not even a, a, a true, pure center. So the Warriors not only won this championship without a center, they didn't do it with a traditional center. So he ain't no Robert Williams. He ain't no Rudy Gobert. He he played his role. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to ask questions because I don't think he's gonna take another hometown discount based off of the 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 equity that he just put in himself for this upcoming uh, free agent market. Jordan Poole is gonna be another interesting one. Um. He showed very, you know, he, I think he finished top three and most improved players, rightfully so. But he's got some holes in his cheese on the defensive side of the ball. And when you're thinking long term, putting him, Steph, and Clay on the court at the same time, that's too many holes in your cheese on your defensive side of the ball. He's going to have to get, he's going to have to buckle down on figuring out how to play better on the ball defense, better help defense. And maybe we can start talking about him getting that top dollar. But he's, definitely got i mean does he have all the talent and potential in the world absolutely um i think he's i think he he he, he carries the team i think he can carry a, a you know he's a good complimentary player if you're asking me will he be able to be the cornerstone uh 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 next generational guy i don't know yet the jury's still out on that because this is his best year um but he wants to get paid and rightfully so i'm not mad at my man for wanting to feel that way that's just a dicey move. You got Wiggy uh, Wiggins is going to be under contract for another year. Um, the question I got for y'all is, what do you do with James Wiseman? Um, I've been very, very torn on him all year long. And I said that if you got to do all that off of a torn meniscus and you had to sit out a whole entire year, I don't know about that, man. I don't know about that at all. Like, that is too many red flags for me. And everyone keeps saying that he's going to be, you know, he's going to be balling this and that. He showed he showed, he showed, showed me too much inconsistency even in his rookie year. And I agree that he was a rookie. But that team was lemon booty. There, he could have just went out there and been balling out his rookie year. And I didn't see none of that. So, the jury is very, very, I don't know. Like, if I'm Bob Myers, I'm not even going to lie. I would probably be packaging a deal to send off James Wiseman and Moses Moody while they still have equity in their names and try to get something in return. See if you can get like a mid-level guy, uh, a, a, a center or something. Uh, I would try to see if you can get a Rudy Gobert or something, but I think the jury is still out on uh, James Wiseman where that is a huge risk that the Warriors will be taking. taking. Um, J uh, Jonathan Kaminga, we we've seen he can ball like he's solid he's rock solid he 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 knows what he's doing my man was only 19 years old he's got a lot of upside he he he's shown that he can play um moses moody uh i don't know i i just don't know he's a good on the ball defender but he's definitely got some holes in his cheese on the offensive side of the ball but if the warriors want to stay in this championship window they're gonna need a big man coming back next year not to mention 
The West is only going to get better next year. You're going to have Kawhi Leonard coming back at full strength. Paul George is going to be at full strength. So the Clippers are going to be looking good. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies, they're going to have another year under their belt. John Morant should stay healthy. If, you know, if he's able to stay healthy, they should be able to ball out. You got Carl Anthony Towns and the Minnesota Timberwolves. They might be looking A-OK as well. So the West is looking mighty, mighty, mighty deep. Um, ain't no telling. You know, you can't never count out the Lakers and LeBron James. Um, depending on what they do with Anthony Davis, you can't count them boys out. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're in somewhat of the runnings of things. Um, the Utah Jazz, I have zero faith in them. They're probably going to blow that team up. Portland ain't no telling with how what Dame's going to do. You got New Orleans, who I'm very, very excited to see with Zion Williamson. Uh, CJ McCollum and all the other young Thundercats that are about to sit there and get ready to uh, rock and roll. You got Dallas with Luka. The West is wide open. So can the Warriors run it back? If they can stay healthy and they can figure out some good complementary players to their core three, yeah, I, I feel like they can run it back. Now, moving over to Boston. Man. <sighs> if, there wasn't a, if there wasn't a city where I... You couldn't pay me to live in. I'm going to care if you talk about you going to buy me a house, pay all my utilities while I'm living in a house. You can't pay me to live in Boston, bro. Um, yeah. The cold part about it is if you look at their team and who they got on their on their roster, I don't I don't dislike none of them. I like Jason Tatum. I like Marcus Smart. I love Robert Williams. I like Jalen Brown. I like the individuals on the team. But if you're talking about the Boston Celtics as the Boston Celtics, I can't stand them. They're, that city itself is too arrogant, um, too arrogant, too in your face. And obviously, we already know how they feel, P, how they feel about POC. So, um, you know, the, the, the loss, the fact that the Warriors were able to do it in the city of Boston, I, it makes me it, it, I, I couldn't have been clapping harder than, than I ever was. Um, but that city itself, like you're, they just too arrogant. They think that they stuff don't stink. They think, they think that, you know, it's bossing over everybody or whatever they say. Um, you know, whatever, man, like, y'all need, y'all are smelling yourself too much. Like who the hell wants to go to Boston? It's cold. Um, they got bad weather out there. The hot, the, the summers are too, too muggy. Like I'm cool, man. Like yeah, I'm cool off of y'all, but Boston, man, the, the this team was super duper. Like the last three games, they showed us who they were before January first. A team that was just pedestrian, kind of lost in the sauce, kind of feeling themselves, but also just don't know how to make not only not only just in game adjustments, but also game to game adjustments. And I don't know if that's a coaching issue. I don't know if that's just a team that just wants to play Xbox during halftime because they out here getting blown out left and right. Or if that's just a team that's just not focused or not locked in. It's a little bit of everything. It's almost like they got uh, uh, ADHD. Like they, they can be honed in for only short amounts of time. And then after that, they just zonk out. That's what it feels like. But they also showed me that they need a point guard. And when you got Marcus Smart as your starting point guard, that ain't that ain't good. That's not good enough. It's not you no know, me not checking. Like I said, just two, 10 seconds ago, I said I like Marcus Smart a lot. He's not, he's, he's, they're asking too much of him. You're asking that man to facilitate on the offense, get your boy set up, run them, run whatever offense that they're running. And then you're telling him to guard the best primary uh, wing player that they got, which was Steph Curry. So yeah, 
he was getting cooked up and he was probably dog tired because he's got to run chase around Steph Curry. He's got to be able to play help defense whenever he can. Also, facilitate the offense where you got Jason Tatum, who's one of the best hmm, 10, 15 players in the league. You got Jalen Brown, who's a perennial all-star. Um, you were just, that's a huge ask for anybody to do all that. So, you know, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Mark, I'm gonna give him some slack, but at the same time, the coach, it's, I felt like there was just Steve Kerr just bodied, uh, M.A. Udoka for, for coaching wise, as far as X's and O's go. So it was just a very, very, you know, like I said, I ain't mad that they beat the Boston Celtics, but I feel bad for them players, but it also got me looking like. Everyone's banging on Jason Tatum for him not showing up. Did y'all do the same for D-Book last year? Because they were pretty much the exact same. They played the same tune. Um, you know, D-Book had a pretty good couple of games. But then in the finals, the re- you know, the rest of the finals, he didn't show up. Um, and the same thing kind of happened with Jason Tatum in the finals. He had a great first second and third round but for the most part in the finals he was lemon booty he had one of the worst plus minuses i believe that was in game two when the dubs was up by like 30 some points so it's they they got some soul searching to do but i also started to look into yo what's up with these um these these quote-unquote mamba factory players and like i said i alluded to d book you know, people last year were saying that he's going to be the next Kobe Bryant. No, 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 bro. If he was the next Kobe Bryant, they would have figured it out this year. And granted, you could say, well, he had a bad hamstring and, and this and that. If I'm not mistaken, the year 2000 and had it been 2000, the first title run that the Lakers had was against the Pacers. I believe Kobe Bryant sprained his ankle. And somehow was still able to rip off 40 some odd points after Shaq fouled out. So I don't want to hear anything about injuries and this and that when the NBA phone, all the poker chips are on the table and it's it's for the chip. Um, the same thing goes with Jason Tatum. Like you out here still texting Kobe Ryan's number talking about you got him when you should have been texting Russell Westbrook with all the mirror balls you was throwing. You can't these these Mamba factory players, and I'm gonna throw another person in there. Number eleven of the Brooklyn Nets is supposed to be you know, the, the the pioneer of this Mamba factory players that just were supposed to take carry Kobe Bryant's legacy. Add him to the list because he ain't do Jack Diddley squat this playoffs as well. In fact, they got swept in the first round. So all these jokers that are talking about Mamba, we got you and this and that. Kobe, we got you. Hey, man, y'all need to just go ahead and just focus on yourselves. Focus on your games because this this little pedigree that Kobe Bryant laid down these players. They ain't it, man. They ain't it. I'm, I'm, for Jason Tatum to be damn near seven feet tall, I think he's like 6'10". For him to be out here just getting bodied up by Andrew Wiggins, and that's not a knock on Andrew Wiggins because he is, he was, he's he's one of the better on-the-ball defenders. But for him just to be able to just not show up, not be able to take it to the rack and not try to, you know, not even trying to draw fouls and just taking the most, you know, if you see a shot that's, a difficulty of a seven why are you going to make it and try to escalate it all the way up to a 10 he was taking some of the most hardest shots in the name of the game of basketball and was just airballing them i don't get it so 
you know what what the next question is going to be the the boston celtics got some questions that they got to answer what you going to do with marcus smart um do you keep him do you try to flip him to get a better point guard but then if you try to go to the point guard route wasn't it last year that they had kemba walker and, and i mean that's not it i mean i would probably have marcus smart running my running my team over kemba walker anyways but they're gonna have to find another point guard and please don't say go get mike conley because that's a stupid trade too I don't know what you can do to get a solidified point guard to come over there and make things happen over there. So the Boston Celtics, um, you know, the city of Boston, I, hey, you know, you was out here saying F Draymond and going after people's wives and this and that, you know, it is what it is. Like y'all should, you matter and all. Um, but that's my two cents on the Boston Celtics. I think they will be back, but you got uh, Milwaukee who's going to be looking you know, like they are with Chris Middleton coming back um, and, and all the other teams that's going to be there. Chicago, uh, I hate to say it, Brooklyn will be in the mix of things as well. So, you know, we'll see what ends up happening with them. But huh, I, could, I, I couldn't be more happy that it was the Boston Celtics that lost yesterday. Like, my man, they lost a chip. It just, it's, it's, you know, it's just, you got to give them a round of applause for them boys. But yeah, man, these Kobe Bryant pedigree players, man, y'all need to knock it off and just, just play, play your game, stick to your game, you know, because right at this point, you, you all are low key embarrassing him, uh, embarrassing that man. Um, and that, that's that. But with that being said, I hope everyone's been enjoying the show. I know it's been a few weeks since I've done one, but before we dip up out of here, we definitely got to talk about this dummy of the day. Um, the Washington Generals or Commanders, geez, Louise, um, the Commanders, the football, which was formerly known as the Washington football team, um, their defensive coordinator, I believe, Jack Del Rio, was spotted. He, he had a press conference the other day and he he brought up a touchy situation. Um, for those who don't know, right now, the the Senate is right now doing a hearings and they're getting people to testify under oath for the Japan, uh, January 6th Capitol riots of 2021. And Jack Del Rio was, I don't even know. I don't even know why he just got on the podium and said this, but he was super salty that the January 6th committee is doing some sanctions and having people come in to testify. And he said that where was all that? And where's that energy when police were, or, you know, people were getting stuff looted during the George Floyd murders and yada, 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 compared to what he compared to the January 6th Capitol riots as a dust-up. <sighs> Yo, here's the thing about Jack Del Rio, and I'm probably going to get, I'm probably going to get a lot of pushback or a lot of, but E, you know, it don't matter where you're from, you know, yada, yada, yada. You're right. You're absolutely right. But being the fact that Jack Del Rio is from the Bay Area, as far and especially being from the East Bay, which is Oakland, Berkeley, um, that area, I'm very, very shocked that he said that. Uh, I thought he would have been a little bit more socially aware, just being the fact of where he came from. But like I said, don't matter where you're from, you're still gonna see one. You know, it don't matter where you're from, racism is everywhere. But at the same token. You know, he was also the coach of the Oakland Raiders. Like, what are we doing? If you if you don't know what goes on, especially in your own backyard, and for you to go to the nation's capital and still act like a plum fool, you you just you just don't get it, dog. And I get that the fact that you know, if people want to say, well, what you know, what happened to those people who were rioting up and down the streets? Here's the thing: why don't you all just tell tell 
here's the way how you stop those kinds of riots. Tell white people, tell, tell white cops to stop killing innocent black people. That's it. And we won't be out there rioting, uh, uh, causing protests and this and that. That's the only reason why we come out is when we see white police officers killing innocent black people. It's that simple. Now, here we are in the January 6th state Capitol riots where apparently one Donald Trump, who was the, who was now the former president, was super salty that he lost an election and basically made a made a huge deal out of it and basically tried to overthrow the government government so that he could try to stay in office for whatever reason it is because he thought the election was stolen from him. He thought that the uh, everything was rigged. Ain't no way in the world that Joe Biden could have uh, won this election. Yeah, and, and the list goes on that Mike Pence had the power to re stop the vote or stop the whatever they call it, the certifications of electoral college votes. He had the power like, and, and everyone's just like, nah, bro, like what's done is done. You still out here just wilding and then you order people to go. We're going to go take a friendly walk and cut it out. So Jack Del Real, the fact that you are so ignorant, the fact that you are so lost in the sauce in this whole situation, the fact that you can say that the Capitol riots on January 6th where people died, like people legitimately died um, and people are legitimately like that. Police officers don't train to handle a mob of people trying to attack them. They they just ain't. That that's something that you have to call the National Guard or the Army on it. You can't really deploy the Army on their own soil to combat American people. So you gotta call, call the National Guard. Come on, man. What you you for you to call that a dust up because something didn't go their way is a is a prime example of what entitlement in this country looks like. And my man, not only are you the dummy of the day, but you just showed what happens when you don't get things to go your way. That's exactly how you would act. So it couldn't have happened to a worse organization already with the with the commanders being the fact that they're already being investigated at the highest level. Um, and now you just bring an extra attention onto another squad where it's just like, man, it's uncalled for. So Jack Del Rio of the Washington commanders, you will definitely get the sports business podcast dummy of the day. Um, once again, my name is Eric Compton. I am your host. We're going to try to run this back. Make sure you go ahead and rate, review, and give us that thumbs up. Make sure you click on the notifications button, and we will run this back sometime very, very soon. We'll probably get into a little bit of baseball, start talking about training camp for the foot, for NFL, because that's coming right around the corner. We got lots of good things coming up. But other than that, y'all stay safe, love on one another, and we out.